everybody. Welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. I'm your co-host, Daniel. With me, as always, my other co-host, John. And today, we wanted to cover a topic that uh, is kind of near and dear to my heart just because of what I do for a living. But we're going to be talking about child safety. So whenever I say it's, you know, what I do for a living, that's more on the combat aspect of it. But it also leads into situational awareness. It also leads into, you know, not being at the wrong place at the wrong time. A lot of self-defense isn't the hard skills. It's the soft skills. You know, it isn't, oh, carry, you know, your keys between your fingers on the way to the car. and All that stuff It's about not being in that situation, you know, park in a well-lit area walk people to their cars as a group self-defense isn't getting into a street fight to prove you know self-defense it's avoiding the situation altogether if it comes to hands-on then hopefully you know the hard skills to get you past that as well yeah so the first part of that like we talked about is spatial awareness so my wife she has zero spatial awareness i cannot tell you how many times she has cracked her shin or her knee on our damn coffee table Coffee table hasn't moved in four and a half years, yeah. but her bones find it almost weekly. Like literally sometimes it's a couple of times a day or a couple of times a week, but at least once a week she cracks that thing. And that's her entire thing. She gets so caught up in what she's doing. Like she's standing up or she's picking her food up or she's sitting down or setting a drink down table. Just zero spatial awareness. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess for me, Spending so much time doing so much in the dark, that's always been one of those, I guess it's its almost been an art for most of my life is learning to do things in the dark or learning a room in the dark or whatever so you can maneuver around it. And I almost, you know, it's one of those things you almost give yourself credit like, man, I got this killer night vision because I can just walk around <laughs> yeah. stuff because I know where it's at. But yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. And yeah, that's one thing, like even in my house, I knew... I can I can step that place in the dark and get around mm-hmm. everything. I'll remember that coffee table's right there. Oh yeah. Same thing with me, you know. We'll uh, <clears throat> we'll finish up everything in the living room, then we'll carry little man to bed and I'll go back and get Zoe's bed in the dark. You know, I can walk out of my bedroom, hang that left, head all the way down the hallway, head to the living room, know exactly where her bed is, pick it up, drag it back, go get yeah. me a glass of water, whatever. But I've always been very aware of my surroundings. Like I said, I think it has a lot to do with my profession as well. You know, when you're doing jujitsu, spatial awareness is just kind of hardwired into. I don't need to see your leg to know that your leg's behind me and that it poses a threat that I need to be worried about. Right. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But the big thing about it is whenever little ones start walking, they have no spatial awareness. Hmm. You know, they'll reach to grab for something and then bust their face on it because they think it's a little bit closer than it really is. You know, and it's fascinating watching my son – you know, he's just now getting his feet underneath him and uh, being able to run with that, like, crazy gunslinger gait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, his knees hate each other, yep. but he's just running as fast as he can. And you see him squat or something like that. It's perfect for him. But then when he comes back up to his feet, his chest be a little bit in front of him to where he can run. And then he'll, like, fall back on his butt at the same time. Yeah. It's it's wild. But, you know, me and my wife, um, we've had multiple conversations about it to where I just kind of let him run free. You know, if he falls, dings his head on something, I mean, he's a foot off the ground, you know? Oh, yeah. So it ain't like he's going to get hurt when he falls. You know, he falls flat on his ass. He starts crying, but he also has a half-inch diaper underneath him to where it's kind of cushioning him when he hits the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That always makes the diaper change more fun, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
to me, I think it's important that he learns to take those lumps because it's something that he gets a negative feedback from. Yeah. You know what I mean? He knows, oh, well, if I run really fast in this wall, it's going to hurt my head for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just thinking back to when they first started. Long- I mean, <clears throat> once they get past the crawl stage to the walk stage, you almost forget the crawl stage. And you remember when they tried to crawl and they'd slip and bust their face on the floor because mm-hmm. they, you know, didn't have the strength of their arms or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, they were just in a tight spot and couldn't maneuver their arms. Next thing you know, they're flayed out and their lips busted. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and as a parent, it's, you know, gut-wrenching to see your kid hurt. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, I mean, it's we've all been there at one point in our lives. It's just hard to remember sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, it's just something that has to happen, you know. Environmental hazards are going to happen, especially with little boys. Uh, I know my nephew, he would literally just run across the couch, hit one foot on the arm of the couch, and just jump. Yeah. There was nothing for him to land on except the hardwood floor, yeah. and that's what he landed on, you know. That's and there's a couple times he missed his feet, yeah. you know, <laughs> and he just busted his mouth open. But you're like, dude, don't do it again. I mean, you see how it worked out that time. That but goes back he just to that. loved to fly. That whole Jeff Foxworthy joke about you know the kid sticking the sticking the penny in the lights in the wall socket you know yeah. won't do that again will you you know I mean it's you know you gotta yeah. learn that's it man and that's the best way to learn is get negative feedback from something that you did absolutely you know and uh, one of the environmental hazards in our house is my uh, pit bull mix Zoe. Unfortunately, Raylan is about as tall as her tail is. Yeah. So whenever she walks by, she just like smacks him up like yeah, crazy. Things, it hurts me. <laughs> yeah, she's got a strong tail, man. She actually had to tape her tail up because she got uh, what's called happy tail. So with happy tail, basically they hit their tail on something and it just skins it. Oh, yeah. So it skunked the tip of her tail. And I wake up and, you know, my wife got up before me on Saturday morning, let Zoe outfed her, all that stuff. I get up about 45 minutes later, half an hour later or something, go into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee, and it looks like somebody just took a small paintbrush and slung blood all over the washer and dryer, all over the refrigerator, the kitchen cabinets, the walls going into the living room. Mm. I'm like freaking out. You know, there's only two people in my house that tall, and that's Little Man and Zoe. And I look at Little Man, he's not screaming to high heaven, so I'm like, okay, he's fine. And then, like, I'm trying to get Zoe, and, you know, with any dog, whenever you run at them scared, they're running away from you because they think they did something. So I end up grabbing her, wrestling her down, pinning her on the ground. I'm, like, just kind of running my hands all through her fur to see where she's bleeding. I'm thinking, like, mouth, you know, maybe she bit a bird or something, brought it in, started slinging it around. End up getting to her tail, covered in blood. I'm like, great. So I, like, gauze her tail up, wrap it up. You got to wrap the crap out of it to get tape to stick to hair. Oh, yeah. And like I said, her tail always goes 100 mile an hour. So we got all the blood cleaned up. Well, I inadvertently gave Zoe a weapon against Raylan because she's now oh. got a gauze and taped ball bat to oh, swing. <laughs> so she ended up cracking him in the head and it hurts a lot worse than it normally does. So he's freaking out. And I'm like, oh, buddy, pet her head. Don't pet her butt. You pet her butt, you're going to get hit in the face. Oh, yeah. You know, this is one of those learning moments. You know exactly what's going to happen. Pet her head. Yeah, fingers don't go there, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was a fun weekend of him getting his face beat up by her casted tail and him freaking out over it. But luckily we've got everything cleaned up. She's fine. It just, like I said, something just scun her tail up. It's just like the tip of it, like the last quarter inch of it. There was no hair on there. 
So she wasn't bleeding bad, but her tail was just so powerful and so fast. It yeah. just like scattered blood all oh, yeah. over everything. That's like, it's just like breaking that piece of cartilage. Yeah. Hmm. It's like if you ever seen a, <clears throat> seen them dock a bull, a bull's horns. That's hmm. very similar to that. They chip off or cut off that end of it and it just sprays everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I ruined many pairs of clothes doing that back in the day. I ain't bad, man. You can get blood out of clothes pretty easy. Main thing is soaking them in cold water. Bad thing was, was I was getting on that thing like within the next 10 minutes and it was That's mad. a terrible idea. Oh, Why would you dude. get on it after that? That was the whole reason they docked it was to buck it. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was ugly. That thing tried to kill me. I would too. That is, <laughs> that's messed up, yeah. man. <laughs> Was this like a practice bull or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. good lord, dude! I was about to say I never heard of that. I, heard, I always heard the old myth where they put the uh, rubber band around their testicles and oh, done yeah. that. I thought that was real forever until my buddy started riding and they were like looking at me like I was stupid. Yeah, and I was like, "That no, you get on its back. That's reason enough for it to start bucking." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Well, that makes sense. I'm glad you aren't mistreating those guys." Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So with that. You know, the environmental factors are always going to be there. The only piece of advice I can give in my, you know, profound knowledge of the past 13 months is just, you know, make sure there aren't knives on the table and make sure there aren't loaded weapons. The obvious, you know, anything that is used as a tool against an attacker or something, let's not let them play with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you start out that way, you know, and then when they get older, you can start teaching them. The mm. value of those things and how to oh, treat those things, obviously. I mean, because that's where we're at in our, I mean, he's going to he'll turn 13 in a couple months. Mm. So, you know, that's, we played it safe, as, as safe as we could, yeah. you know, with not yeah. going too crazy, with not putting yeah, all biometric the. Biometric seals yeah, on like the safes and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we didn't put the locks on the drawers and the locks on the cabinets. I mean, it was flat out. He got in it, he got popped and, oh, you know, yeah. and he was always good about that stuff, you know. Once you mm. told him no, that was that Raylan's was it. Not man, Raylan's oh, yeah. testing it. You yeah. say no, he'll look at you and then do it again. I'm like, cool. Well, you're about to get your hands lit up, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Sully was not. I mean, we 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 actually got we were blessed. We got really lucky with him. We didn't really have a whole lot of issues at all. I think the worst thing he ever did was he broke into his uh, uh, Valentine's chocolate heart thing one time and just devoured the whole box. I've got it on video, man. It's pretty awesome. He just comes down the hall covered head to toe in chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Was it good, buddy? Yeah, it was wonderful, you know. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know. And now it's and and now he, you know, he shoots with us and you know, knows you know, the power behind weapons and what they do and what they can do and mm-hmm. you know, we don't play with those. Um I was about to, I mean, I played with them a lot, but well, you know, we had, yeah, I was about to say, back in our day, it was perfectly acceptable to be called played, but unfortunately, common sense kind of took a back seat to oh, yeah. safety regulations, yeah. and now it's not that fun anymore. I mean, we used to have BB gun wars, where we, yeah, 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 exactly. But no, I mean, that's the big thing about it. you know, once they get older, you know, a gun doesn't make a household unsafe. But it can be a tool that does that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you hear Absolutely. stories yearly about kids getting a hold of a loaded firearm. Yeah. And I 100% am against that. I'm not for gun control 
in quotation marks. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we put the kitchen knives in the knife block. Yeah. There's a reason why I don't leave my, you know, knives and guns and stuff laying around the coffee table. Yeah. Like if you know you have a little one there, you don't leave a bottle of Clorox open sitting in the floor. Right. You know, I mean, it's the gun is a hazard, but if you look at it, statistically speaking, more kids die from accidental drowning falling into a pool than they do by a accidental discharge of a weapon. Yeah. yeah. So like if you have a pool out back, you need to lock that thing up too. Yeah. Pools are a lot more deadly than firearms when it comes to infants and childs. Yeah. But you don't think twice about letting little Timmy run over to the neighbors to go swim in the pool, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. So it seems like it seems like the what am I trying to say here? It seems like the blame is misplaced oh, on yeah the item in question over the ownership of the item. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I mean, that kind of goes for a lot of gun control as a whole. And I don't want to turn this into a gun control podcast because that's going to be like days worth of content. Oh, yeah, then again, I mean, that's just one of those basics, man. It's like crawl, walk, swim. Hmm. I mean, it's well, life's, you got, life's <clears throat> basics. Excuse me. You got infant <clears throat> classes for swimming. Yeah. From my understanding, <clears throat> I have never been part of it, but from my understanding... I have also heard that water births, like whenever they happen, the infants start swimming right away. Apparently, it's ingrained in us. And I know even the local YMCA here, they have an instructor there that teaches infants how to survive and how to swim to the side of the pool, which is pretty awesome. I haven't enrolled Raylan in that. I haven't really looked into it that much because, you know, we don't have a pool at home. Yeah. We'll go over to our friend's house to hit the pool in the summertime. You know, one of us has both hands on him while yeah. he's in his floor. Oh, yeah. So, again, environmental stuff. If we're in the pool, somebody's going to have both hands on him. I'm not yeah. going to throw him in his little safety float and then push him to the deep side. Yeah, we've we <laughs> come in his float, push him to the deep side. <laughs> but, I mean, that, yeah. for me, like, with, with like all my nieces, you know, at very, at, you know, very, 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 very young ages, I had all them in the water. And I thought, because, yeah. I mean, that's just something that I've always been a fish in the water, and that's been, mm. always been my thing. Um, so I got, I taught them all how to swim and then it was the same thing. Yeah. Um, the only little setback we had was when my sister-in-law snuck up behind them and chucked them in the pool one time and freaked them out. And we spent about a year <laughs> hating the pool. Dude, that's um, one thing. I know like I was the same way. My uncle taught me how to swim basically by throwing me in the creek yeah. off this I little jumping rock. Yeah. Yeah. But I ain't gonna lie. That terrified me of yeah. water for years after that. After that, we, uh, started going up to our cabin up on Brown Mountain and I started swimming in the rapids, became yeah. more comfortable with the water and now I'm a pretty strong swimmer just because I learned how to swim in the yeah. rapids and stuff. But, man, whenever he chucked me in the water, dude, I didn't go over knee or hip deep for a couple of years after that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, that scarred me. It, <laughs> it was really a did. while, man, for him. Like, if he even tried to come close to him, he was he was up and running the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then if you yeah. did get him and put him in, I mean, he screamed bloody murder. But that's what we talked about as far as the negative feedback. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but, yeah, so environmental stuff is always going to be a factor. No matter what it is, if you don't want your kid to play with it, Put it to where they can't put hands on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I treat my remote control the same way. If I'm yeah. watching TV, the remote's where he can't have it because I don't want to change the yeah. channel. I just hide it from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do that too. She might watch Hallmark. Yeah, yeah. my wife started watching uh, Shit's Creek. I ain't going to lie. Some it. of it's a little funny, but some of it's just very it. irritating. Eh, give or take. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not a big fan of the dry comedy stuff. I just can't do it. We started the Marvel movies from the beginning. That's a good plan. Yeah, we need to start over do that. We caught the, like, we've watched them from the beginning, yeah. but it was, like, from the first Iron Man that came out in, you know, 2002. Like, we haven't marathoned them. So, like, Disney that. Plus, you know, has all of them now, of course. And yeah. they're, like, they've, like, well, watch it watch it here in the chronological order. But then we all know that they all screwed up on the, the chronological order anyway. Did they really? 
Well, yeah, because I mean, you should have had you should have had uh, Captain Marvel before Captain America for it to even make sense <laughs> as their movie goes. Okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, well, that's on, one of the newest ones, though, right? Captain Marvel. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. and you know we're on Iron Man two though. So we got through Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, and Iron Man two. So okay. Cool. So, totally yeah. off topic, but well, I mean that brings us up to electronic devices. Yeah, you know, as we were talking before the podcast, it's uh, pretty uncommon when you start looking into like child trafficking and you know child slavery, sex trafficking, all of that dark stuff. It's pretty uncommon for your kids to just get snatched. Yeah. Normally, predators try to build a relationship with them through YouTube comments or through chat websites. And stuff like that. They try to make a friendship with them. That way it ain't like, you know, they're just picking up a screaming kid in a crowded yeah. mall. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And that don't really happen that often. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying that it normally doesn't happen that often. Right. Normally, unfortunately, the highest incident or the highest way that or the highest way, the most common way for an adult to, you know, kidnap a kid is if they're a relative. Yeah. So most child trafficking comes from a relative of the child. And with that, too, one of the big things that I've always said, basically, if my son doesn't want to go to somebody, I don't make him go to somebody. Oh, yeah. You know, he went through this big stint to where he didn't want to go to any guy in a hat. I have no clue what happened. I never wear hats. That's the only thing I can really piece together. Yeah. You know, Something my brother-in-law. Different. Yeah, my brother-in-law wears a hat every single day, every time he's over there. My dad does, too. That was a big probably a three-month span where he didn't want to go to either one of them. Yeah. Right. I'm like, no, that's cool. Like, we'll, we'll try again here in a little bit. I'm not going to force him to go to somebody he doesn't want to go to. Yeah. You know, I don't care what happened. If he doesn't feel comfortable with that person, then he doesn't have to go to that person. And that's how I still feel. You know, oh, yeah. we go to church. Everybody wants to, like, grab his hand or hold him. I'm like, no, nah, he's, he's good. We don't yeah. have to have 30 different hands on him, especially in time of the Rona. But, yeah, so – if your child, you know, no matter what the instance is, if they don't want to go to somebody, there's a reason behind it. And it may just be, you know, they're wearing a hat. Yeah. I mean, know? like with Sully, he, <clears throat> oh, I'm introverted anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, if I know you, we talk. If I don't, chances are probably not going to talk. I'm probably not going to come out and, like, make myself available. Yeah. Sully's the same way. But, you know, we've always, you know, we've, we've raised him with the, you know, Obviously, you don't talk to strangers, yada, yada, yep. yada. But, you know, he's he's built onto that himself as he's grown up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's – and sometimes I sometimes I have to kind of nudge him a little bit. You know, we'll be out somewhere and somebody will start talking to him and he'll be like – he'll just kind of shake his head and be like, yes, sir, no, sir, and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, shy away. And I'm like, it's all right. Talk to him. And he's like, are you sure? Because, I mean, that's just, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, he's old enough to understand – you know, the concepts of politeness mm-hmm. and the concepts of, you know, right, right wrong, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Um, but I don't well, make him talk. I mean, you know, uh, other yeah. than other than having manners. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to force you to talk to somebody because yeah, I don't want to talk to them either. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of adults I just don't want to talk to. Yeah. It isn't that I'm trying to be impolite or that I don't like them. I'm like, I just don't want to talk to him. Yeah, I have nothing to really talk about. Yeah, but one of my big things is especially, you know, right now he runs off of pure emotion. He doesn't understand communication. So he runs off emotion. If he's afraid of somebody, I'm not going to make him go there. As he gets older, you know, he's going to learn that these people are part of his family. 
and that he can feel comfortable around them and he is yeah. safe around them, you know? But one of the big things too is if a kid doesn't feel safe around an adult, there could be a reason behind it too. Yeah. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is whenever you watch these TV shows, and I know they're based on writers and all that stuff, of a kid saying that they don't like an adult. And like, ah, you know, the parents just push it off. No, if your kid doesn't feel comfortable around somebody, there could be a reason behind it. Maybe they don't understand the concepts as to why they don't feel safe around them. But if they don't feel safe around them, that's all I need to know. Oh, yeah. I would 100% rather piss off an adult or hurt their feelings than yeah. something happened to my child yeah. you know and like i said i don't care if it's a family member i don't care if it's a friend of the family i don't care if it's one of their teachers at school whatever i would even if it's you i would 100 percent rather hurt your feelings and never talk to you again than even risk anything happening to my son yeah you know everybody wants to do the polite thing and kind of ha 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 laugh it off no screw that like we're gonna have a conversation if the conversation doesn't go the way I like it to go, then there's going to be an issue behind that, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. the way it should be. You know, I don't care if the boy just made some shit up. Like I said, I know 100% he's safe. He made it up. He's a little liar. You know, we'll deal with that problem later on. But yeah. right now we're going to deal with this one right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if your kid says something or, you know, like they just picked up a phrase from somebody, find out what it was. A, find out why somebody, you know, say it's like a, you know, a vulgar phrase, whatever, you know, like part of a song, whatever you want to call it. But find out why that was said around your child, you know, or yeah. find out, oh, yeah. okay, what made you uncomfortable, buddy? Yeah. You know, like, why do you, why do you not like them? You know, like try to talk to them, try to communicate with them because, you know, if the kid's, you know, talking age, but below five, you know, let's say three to six, three to seven, they don't understand different concepts. They don't understand idioms, any of that stuff. No, they don't, or they don't, and... And that's a lot of times that's where, you know, unfortunately that's where some of that wiring kind of gets crossed, especially if it's something that happens continuously. Mm. And so, you know, there's either abuse, take abuse wherever they're, wherever it is they are, Mm. you know, and they see that that becomes normal. Yeah. Or there's, you know, I don't know, you know, the, 1300 stacks of nudie magazines in the in the garage that they well i mean take to looking at that becomes yeah. why it becomes normal yeah for a kid and then that becomes normal as a young adult that becomes all that stuff I mean, mm. it, it all matters is i guess yeah. that's what i'm trying to say like because yeah. i mean i could sit here and go through all kinds of things that when i was a kid or growing up became a teenager that i thought was normal mm. because i was exposed to people that that was normal for them. Yeah. And then having to try to break that cycle as a teenager, as a young adult and go, wait a minute, that's not normal <laughs> because I was constantly exposed to that. So, you know, whether it's dangerous or whether it's an addiction or, you know, those different things, I mean, it all matters. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could just be the way that they teach somebody else or the way they right, treat somebody right. else, yeah. you know? Um, Absolutely. One of the big things that I ran into and, you know, I went and stayed over at a friend's house when I was in, like, I believe it was elementary school. And, yeah, I think it was elementary school because I was real young. You know, I got off school bus with them, went to their house, and I just did not like this kid's dad. I couldn't put my finger on it. I just, I wanted to stay away from him. You yeah. know, me and this other kid, we'd been friends for a couple of years. So I felt like I knew him, you know, but at that time, you don't know anybody. Nobody, yeah. like, none of us really had personalities, it's you know. Nothing like it is today. Yeah, yeah. So, Man, we went everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. So we were over there, and 
I just remember his dad like screaming at his mom because she let me stay the night and didn't ask him about it. And, you know, I kind of feel like I'm in the middle of this. I caused yeah. the problem. I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, I think I need to call my dad. I think yeah. I need to get my parents over here. I need to go home. This is not a cool place to be. And, man, they fought and screamed and cussed. And it was literally to one of those places where I, like, I thought it was about to get violent. Yeah. So I'm just hanging out in my friend's room whenever dinner was ready. He brought me a plate in there. And he's like, you want to come downstairs? They're done fighting. I'm like, nah, I just, honestly, I just want to go home at this point. End up calling my parents. They came, got me, all that stuff. But, I mean, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't really aimed towards me. But I felt like I was a part of it. And just watching their interaction, like, this is not cool. I do yeah. not feel safe here. Yeah, Needless I mean, to say, I didn't do any more sleepovers at that friend's house. Yeah, I mean, I had a very similar experience with a neighborhood best friend, man. I mean, and it was like one of the most, it was like this crazy dysfunctional family home show every time I was there. I mean, but it became kind of normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, after a while, you're just like, oh, you just get used to it. And that's mm -hmm. how it is. Yeah. But then you know when you when when your wife you get that phone call and your wife says guess what I'm pregnant you sit down and go holy crap yeah um, yeah it's a big shocker uh, I don't want to turn out like that or that or that or that but that's yeah. what I've been exposed to growing up so my God I got a lot of work to do or I got to figure out yeah what not to do um, mm -hmm. and going into that, going into parenthood or going into fatherhood you know, that's scary yeah but. So at the same time, man, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can take it, you know, because I know my experiences have made me who I am today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I work constantly at becoming the best version of myself. Yeah, I really do. Absolutely. And it's because of what I dealt with growing up and the experiences that I've kind of put myself into. Don't get me wrong, competitions, training, all that stuff, but also just the experiences that life threw at me. And while I never want my son to go through that, I want him to learn the lessons from that. Oh, you yeah. know, but yeah. some of those situations, it was literally had to be there to believe it type yeah. thing. So it's kind of crapshoot, man. I mean, it really is. I want him to know those experiences and I want him to be able to learn from what happened to me. But I know that he also kind of has to blaze his own trail. It's a blaze his own trail. And at the same time, while, you know, we're older I mean, I, I'll speak for myself solely on this one. I mean, I'm I'm by no means perfect. I still screw up. I still have some of the biggest screw ups that I'll ever have. Same. Um, I still have a future of more screw ups. Um, I have stuff that, you know, stuff that plagues me on a daily basis that I don't want him to know about. You know, because mm. I don't want him to deal with that. You know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean. Um, I, I'm one of those people that had a really tough childhood growing up. Things were, I mean, I don't even go into that because we've, we've settled most of those things and moved on, moved forward and mm -hmm. we're all in good places. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was tough growing up and there was a lot of bad things that happened, but I feel like I've never been that person to, to hold those things as I've never used it as an excuse. I've always tried to make the best of it and use it as a positive, even if that's just giving a platform to talk to other kids and talk to other teenagers about, hey, you know, believe me, I'm almost 40 years old and the same things happened to me when I was younger. So it's not just you. It's okay. 
crap happens. You know, we yeah. all make mistakes. Even our parents, man. I'm like, it was so easy back in the day to hold a grudge against our parents for all the bad shit they did. But then now you go, I, I learned a lot from that. Not only that, you can kind of understand it to an extent and you understand as far it. as the choices they yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, used, I used to be angry about a lot of stuff and, and through a lot of self-realization and, and looking back and looking at how it's helped me become who I am. Like I say, even though I'm still flawed as hell, it still was beneficial. Yeah. Now, I, I completely you know, agree. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I don't get all... I'm going to get all booty-hooty over here. Yeah, let's not do that. Not on this one anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll choose a different one where we have a good guest on for that. But it also tends it also tends to cause you, cause me at least, to shelter a little bit more than, than I probably should have. Yeah, see, so that's one of the things too is, like I said, I want to protect him from those experiences, but I feel like those experiences made me who I am. And same thing. I mean, I'm right. far from perfect. I try every single day to become a better human being and I've still got years of work ahead of me, you yeah. know, but at the same time, I don't want him. I'm not going to nerf the world for him. You know, yeah. I'm not going to put him in a bubble wrap suit yeah. and never let him get hurt. You know, yeah. I have every intention of starting him in kids jujitsu as soon as he's old enough. You know, me and him are probably going to be rolling around. I mean, we roll around now, you know, we're going to be playing at the house, but whenever he's old enough to understand the concepts of jujitsu, I want him in there. Yeah. Whether he wants to compete or whether he wants to do it after that, that's fine. But I want him to get that experience. I want him to learn what it's like to get your ass kicked by the other kids. Yeah. I want him to learn what it's like to really want something, go to a competition, really want to win and not be able to. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously I want him to win. I want him to get everything he wants out of life. But at the same time, you learn so much and you – you feel different. You know, that's yeah. one of my biggest issues of participation trophies now, man. Like, the kids don't even have to try. Yeah, you don't man. have to go to a single practice. You show up for the game, you're still going to go home with a trophy. Congratulations. You yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. You stood there and got a soccer ball bounced off your head. Or you stood there and watched a basketball go out of bounds when you could have got to it. You know, you need to know what struggle is to understand how good the highs are. And I know? think and I think with my son, <clears throat> that's kind of where he kind of got – we talked I mean we coached and stuff and we talked about how silly participation trophies were and we didn't want them yeah you know um I think that's where he kind of like I guess made splitsville with organized sports some yeah as far as the interest goes yeah because he likes to be challenged but when it comes to like these art contests and stuff that he's won you know he's gone to the won the whole won the school then won the county then went to the state yeah and actually earned that check that they gave him and earned that medal and plaque that they gave him. It's like, those are the things that he really focused on. Of course. On. So he loves to be challenged. And I've appalled, I mean, and as athlete dad, you know, cyclist, runner, the whole nine yards, outdoorsman, whatever, anything, anything stupid, it'll get me hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as that kind of dad, I have not pushed him to be like me. Um, I haven't encouraged him to be like me, which I've apologized, and I've apologized to him for that, you know, because sometimes I feel like that is my fault. Yeah. It's my fault that he doesn't want to go ride a mountain bike. It's my fault he doesn't want to get on a road because I didn't encourage him to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and in the back of my mind, I wanted to encourage him to do it, but I also didn't want him to be the kid that, you know, severs his spinal cord on a mountain bike or, 
or breaks his arm on a mountain bike, that was dad. Because I didn't feel like dad could handle coming home and going, my kid just broke his pelvis, right? And he may never walk again. Or, you know, those are the things, because I mean, it could have very easily happened to me. So mm-hmm. those were the things in the back of my mind going, well, man, if I can just push him to do this, it can, you know, compete in his art stuff and, and his music stuff, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's caused me to miss a lot of opportunities to go on a bike ride with my kid. I have friends that, you know, they mountain bike with their kids. We don't even ride together because they're always riding with their kids. Mm-hmm. Or they invite me to come ride with them and their kids, and I feel like, well, I don't want to do that because then my kid's sitting at home. So I don't go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in those ways, sometimes I feel like, and it's not not that I planned on doing that. I think it's just kind of programmed and wired in my head that, you know, I don't want to end up like that, so I don't encourage that. Um, and that's kind of what I'm saying as far as nerfing the world, you know? Yeah. How right. would, what do you think your life would be like if you didn't have those experiences? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's my, and that's a huge struggle for me yeah. as he gets older. I'm just like, and he's not, but he, he doesn't have that interest, but I feel like, well, he probably would have that interest if I encourage him yeah. to have it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, maybe one thing's kind of like Mark that we had on the podcast not too long ago. His girls didn't start getting active till they yeah. were in their thirties. Right. You know, those seed, like you talked about planting seeds, yeah. you know, it took them 30 years to bloom, but when they did bloom, they just finished up the Goggins challenge this weekend. Yeah. Four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Yeah. They did it as a team. All four of them finished. It was a uh, Mark, his two daughters, and I think his old, oldest daughter's yeah. husband yeah. were the ones that did it. Yeah. They blew it out of the park. That's, four miles every four for the entire 48 hours. And, you know, like you said, two, three years ago, neither one of his daughters were active. Yeah. They didn't work out. And I think with school, you know, he was getting into track. And he was kind of excited about that. So we mm-hmm. were starting to work out together and run together. Um, and then, of course, COVID came, and I just kind of blew track. And then, of course, you know, we had to have football, you know, the big the big bad sports this season, so they had to cancel the track because, you know, running oh. and having endurance is not important. I know, as right? long as you can run five yards and fall down and get back up, I thought. Yeah. Or have a helmet-to-helmet contact every 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's just like – so that was kind of like, you know, sucked because he was looking forward to track and I was looking forward to getting him, you know, getting him out running again because then he had a goal. Yeah. Um. So now we're kind of – he's getting ready to have his fitness challenge stuff. So I'm like, all right, let's work on it. Let's make sure you can get those push-ups. you know, meet that push-up goal, meet that sit-up goal, meet that pull-up goal. So we're going to start working on that. Um, but they got to stop teaching them or trying to get them to do improper push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, I mean, that's just how it goes, man. You do the worm that counts as one. I don't know, man. <laughs> so. They got their hands way out here and like, Oh, they're doing that super wide stance. That super wide crap. Yeah. I'm like, you're never going to be able to get any push-ups doing that. First of all, you're not that strong. Yeah. <laughs> Shoulder-wise. Well, I mean, not only that, setting their shoulders up for some bad some movement bad patterns as well. That's what yeah. I told them. So, so yeah. we're trying to work through that stuff, and I've got them doing some TRX stuff. And yeah, Excellent, man. That'd be good. But now, speaking of which, that I think that's one thing I am going to discourage my son from is playing football just because of all the research coming out with CTE in oh, yeah. you know, high school-age kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just not good to slam your head into somebody running full speed. Who would have thought, yeah. you know? Yeah, I've been there, done that. So yeah. Sometimes with inanimate objects like trees and rocks, but. Yeah, that's Doc says safer. I don't have many of those left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he, he, you know, he did football. He tried football for a season and bloody hated it. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I didn't blame him. I hated it too growing up. I was a soccer player. I wanted to run 90 yeah. minutes. I mean, like, soccer players, so they're having a lot more. And, you know, like I stay in the know with this stuff as far as sports injury goes. But they are also finding out with soccer players, every time they head the ball, there's a big chance for having a mild concussion. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you head the ball a dozen times in a game. There's 12 little concussion marks you just hit. You hit each other and the ball. I did that yeah. a few times, too. Not to mention that shin-on-shin contact, man. I have seen some bad – I think I've. I think there's been a couple broken legs. Don't quote me on that. But I have seen some people like go for the ball – at the same time, and just that shin-to-shin contact lays both players out. I absolutely sent a player, another player, for a complete somersault doing that when they met me. I was a sweep. I played sweeper, so defense was my. And when I played, when I played varsity, I played sweeper. JV, I was a forward. Um, but dude, I had beast legs back then. Like, yeah. I mean, if I if I tapped the ball from opposite goalpost, I could put it in the goal on the on hundred yards down the field. I mean, I had beastly and yeah. a dude come running up and try to challenge me like that and i reared back and just ankle the ball and i mean he literally flipped completely over his, i heard his leg go snap and i just kept going but yeah that's not fun stuff but i, I would love soccer man yeah well i mean any day of the week i will take traumatic bone injury to traumatic brain injury you know oh, yeah you can put shins back together tibia fibias fibula you can tie all that stuff back together you can't put brain cells back together that's why yet, you know so. in, even in like in, in bull riding and stuff you go to that you know mostly everybody's gone to helmets because mm-hmm. you know i still don't see why y'all haven't gone to cups you had but one of them things yeah yeah but i mean like i can understand it might knock your balance off a little bit but i ain't hopping on bull without a sport cup yeah. i ain't doing it can't lean back that far <laughs> it's not the back door, it's the lean forward that you gotta. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's I mean, where the pain's that's at. what I'm saying. Like, you lean back far enough, you ride it like a bicycle seat. You lean forward, man, especially when they're coming up that hard. Yeah, it seems like the old boys ain't going to enjoy that uh, spine. So, I don't even ride horses bareback. I, I don't do it, man. You just gotta get to that point where you yeah, just. Well, I don't mean, there's a huge. Don't depend on the boys anymore. There's a huge population of jiu-jitsu athletes, and there's actually some competitions that won't allow you to wear cups, and I don't compete in those competitions, and I'm not one of those people. If I step on the mat, even if I'm drilling, I wear a cup. I've had four or five bad experiences from not wearing cups, and I'm not going to have those anymore. Yeah, I mean, this day and age, yeah, I I got into playing hockey, and that was one of those where I I learned the hard way one time, and I'm like, okay, back to cup. Square sticks, man. (laughs) I'll take a take a puck to the oh god yeah nice yeah. little slap shot yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh okay i'm sorry where were we at i don't know environmental dangers yeah they were on environmental. oh yeah environmental dangers you know that leads to everything you know like we were talking about before abductions especially random abductions are extremely rare but at the same time i told sarah you know back whenever we were um back when she was pregnant with Raylan when we were expecting that was one of her big concerns you know she loves criminal minds yeah. all of this stuff so she's like terrified there's people hiding around the corner to the front door ready to snatch him at a moment's notice occasionally Sarah occasionally yeah. <laughs> yeah. but one of the big things that I told her is it's just like walking a dog you know anytime you walk Zoe your attention's on Zoe 
Yeah. You know, if you're with Raylan out in public, 100%, the primary objective in that is Raylan, yeah. no matter what else happens. If you don't have your eyes on him, you have your hands on him. Yep. Eyes or hands, but be yes. very, very aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. If he's out at the playground when he gets older and he's playing with the other kids, don't get lost in a 10 minute conversation with the mom sitting next to you. Yeah. You can have a conversation while you have eyes on him. I mean, I know of <clears throat> two incidences in Caldwell County in the last year. Yeah. Of, and it all had, and every one of them started at Walmart. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, one of them was a teenage girl. Um, they did the whole pull up, uh, put the windshield wipers up thing. And then the girl gets out, gets in her car. Was that real, or was that just what they said it was? Because yeah, I was, saw that one was real. Well, there was a big uh, Facebook campaign going around from like people writing letters, and numbers, yeah. like B one, G one. Anything to do with this one? Okay, because I know that was fake. That was just this uh, one. Apparently, they they just flopped her, you know, pulled her windshield wipers up. So she goes, and gets in the car, and then realizes, and then she gets out with well, a van and pulled up behind her. Yeah, um, and she realized. Something wasn't right. She got back in the vehicle. They followed her around from point to point to point um, for a good. And I actually knew the knew the person and her her dad. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, my wife was actually in the parking lot when that one happened. And it was very similar. Um, uh, kids in the car, oh. and the mom and went back inside and left the kids in the car. And of course, the van the van pulls up and has the door open to the car, and then the the wife or the mom comes out screaming and hollering and causing a commotion. So they finally, yes, you know, jump in the van and take off. So um, in the first story, um, so like I said, from a self defense perspective, knowing your surroundings, mm-hmm. avoiding the situation. If you get into your vehicle and you notice like something tucked underneath the front windshield wiper, or your windshield wipers are up, or whatever drive away yeah. and then figure it out later. If your you windshield wipers aren't going to bust yeah. your windshield if you by didn't flopping do it, down. If yeah. you didn't do it, obviously some somebody not so yeah. good did it. Yeah, somebody did it for some reason. Yeah. Two, never leave your kid in a vehicle. I don't care if you're just taking the shopping cart back. Leave the kids in the shopping cart until you put the shopping cart back and then walk them back mm-hmm. to the vehicle. Yeah. But I will commend her. One of the biggest things, one of the huge deterrents that people just don't do whenever they feel like they're being followed is just stop and make a scene. Oh yeah. Like seriously, that's the biggest, that's the best way that you can save your own life is to bring attention to the situation. Again, I would much rather hurt some grown person's feelings and feel awkward. Yeah. than be kidnapped or have my kid kidnapped. You know, you hear this all the time. A woman's walking through the store and there's just some dude following her. She don't understand what's happening. Stop in the middle of the store. Scream at him. Do you need something? Can I help you? Why are you following me? Get everybody in that store's attention. Just let them know that this person is making me feel very uncomfortable and I don't like it. That's why I couldn't understand. Like Apparently there was a group in the Walmart here in Hickory that was stalking younger women. Really? Yeah, and they were like... Following, following around different aisles and sections and sitting there watching her and the guy was taking pictures of her and stuff. And she's like, send, she posted all this on Facebook and I'm sitting there thinking like, well, what point do you like, A, do you cause a scene? What point do you call your, you know, BFF, husband or whatever? Because I, you know, it's my wife. 
A, she's probably already made a scene. Mm. She's already got one of them in a headlock. Mm. Or she's calling me, and I'm coming in to make the scene. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, And that's the big part about calling 911, you know? That's awesome if they're on the next aisle. Yeah. But what if they're 10 minutes away? What if they're 15 right. minutes away? Right. What if my wife is having an issue at Walmart, mm. and I'm here? Yeah. You know, I'm a 12-minute drive yeah. over there to get out. What's wrong with chucking a can of corn at them? Be like, hey, can I help you with something? You know, I mean, you can be polite and assertive at the same time. Yeah, You ain't got to stop and be like, look, MFR, I don't appreciate what you're doing, you creeper, like calling them names and stuff. That'd be my wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that either. Like I said, I don't care if I hurt your feelings. Yeah. But the question, uh, the question you presented was, at what point do you do that? Yeah. The first point you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. You go down three different aisles and different sections and you notice the same person, guy, girl, whatever, non-binary, nondescript, whatever you want to call it, is there and they're watching you or they're like trying to catch glances at you, make a scene right then. Yeah. Right? Do it whenever you're in the middle of everybody. Yep. You know, obviously don't go to one of the far corners on Walmart trying to run away from them. If you're in public, you shouldn't have to run away from anybody yeah. unless it's you know, like an in-law that you just don't want to have a conversation with, then run like the wind like I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, if you feel uncomfortable and you're in a public setting, then stop and do that. If yeah. you're in your vehicle and you feel like somebody's following you, pull into the police station, park yeah. up front, park in the loading section, yeah, park in the home. handicap section. Yeah. Pull up there and then like just kind of sit there for a little bit, see what's happening. They pull up behind you and stop. Cool. Yeah. Like, let's have a scene right here. Jump out screaming. Is there something I can help you with? Why are you following me? Why are you making me feel unsafe? Why are you doing this, that, whatever? Start screaming to high heaven. Get everybody's attention in that building, you know? Yeah. I, uh, recently, well, not recently. This was, I don't know why I said recently. Maybe, I don't know. I was 22, so about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I used to make regular trips back to uh, my friends at Cocoa Beach, Florida. Yeah. And there was one night I was coming back. I'd literally drive down there, hang out for the weekend, drive nine hours back yeah. on a Sunday night. So it was a Sunday night, and I was driving out through there, and there's this one long stretch. I don't remember the name. I think it was like Interstate 1 or Interstate 4 or something. Yeah. You're on for like four hours. And part of it, you're actually just driving through the woods to where you can't see the southbound traffic. You're going north, and there's like a huge wood line between the yeah. north and southbound. So I'm on there, and I had a a low rider s10 at the time an s10 extreme and i'm going out through there in this like old chevy van 1500 i mean literally like 80s late yeah. 80s early 90s model. Right Pull, yeah exactly <laughs> pulls up beside me and it's like primer gray you know completely nondescript yeah it pulled up behind or beside me and then it just kind of mm. rode with me for about a mile and then it slowed down got over behind me and like started flashing its lights at me you know, I mean, I was a dumb kid. I was like, well, crap, maybe one of my tires going low, you know? Like, back then we didn't have the tire sensors, so I was yeah. kind of like, you know, wiggling the truck a little bit to see if one tire felt low or not. And maybe about 10 minutes later, they were still back there. They flashed their lights at me again. And I'm sitting here thinking, what? My truck's running fine. I don't think that there would be any type of hazard. And I kind of looked to see if I had some cans flying out the back or something. Nothing like that. And we kept going and like, you know, I wasn't about to pull over in the middle of the dark woods yeah. to see what's wrong with my car with the van behind me. So, you know, this went on for probably half an hour straight. You know, yeah. I pull off, I found a lit gas station 
I pulled off. I pulled right up to the front door. I didn't park in a parking spot. I pulled up right where the little ramp goes for people to go in the front door. Yeah. Stopped right there, got out. The van just kept going by. Walked around my vehicle, not a single thing wrong. I was like, well, that could have turned into a very bad situation very quickly. Oh, yeah. But that was it. Just finding a well-lit area, a store that was open. You know, there's a lot of truck stops. That are, or not truck stops, but um, what do you call them? Yeah, truck stops, fueling yeah. stations yeah. that are open 24-7. Pull under the bright lights and go from there. Yeah. You know, if there's any issue whatsoever, never pull over in the dark unless it's absolutely, you know, your tire blows out and you can't go any further. Then lock your vehicle, call whoever you can call, towing service, whatever. Don't be out there by yourself trying to change a tire. Lord, no. You know, there's all kind of crazy stuff that can happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's like, I, you know, I go back, I got sometimes like my father-in-law raised his three daughters to be men. <laughs> which sucks for us men that are married to them because the reality is is they don't really need us like, that's the best part about it man and it is but because you know she's with you because she wants to be not because she has to and be that, bye my ass that's what she says all the time <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um, yeah. but you know with with that in mind, you know, when she goes, and that's one of those things, like, he's always taught them, you know, when you go somewhere like that, you always scan. You're always scanning. Yeah. You're always, you know, who you know who's around you, who's beside you. Same way when she's in the car, you're always scanning mirrors, yeah. you know, who's behind you. You know where to bail out, where there's a bail out point if you need to. Mm-hmm. You get a Walmart, you're scanning a parking lot for anybody that, you know, may be approaching for yeah. some weird reason. reason. Um and even when you're inside and the same thing. And so with, with our son, it's the same way. Your hands are on him or he's in, always in your sight, which yeah. is, she's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because the biggest thing, especially with those TV shows we were talking about, you know, yeah. your criminal minds, NCIS, uh, all that stuff. The biggest thing that you always hear the good parents in quotation marks say was, I just turned my back for a minute. Yeah. Like, well, obviously that was the wrong minute to choose. Yeah, so absolutely. why did you turn your back whatsoever? You and know, what is your that. primary? Yeah. If your primary is the child, everything else is secondary. Yeah. If I got to get my wallet out of my back pocket, I'm not going to like let go of him and then put my entire attention on the cashier. I'm going to set his ass up on the counter. Cool. You're in my sight 100% of the time while yeah. I'm doing this. And if you don't have an RBF, well, find your RBF. Um, because <laughs> my wife has a very distinct RBF. My wife does as well. And I don't have to usually worry about people approaching her unless mm-hmm. they really know her. And they, they and yeah. if they know her, they know the RBF is her defense mechanism. <laughs> yeah. um, but she literally, you know, she's got a good one. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like here comes psychotic soccer mom. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Same thing here. You know, I mean, she's. And I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. You know, it really is. But the biggest thing is don't lose attention on what's important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, one of my clients and mentors, Dr. Vipperman, um, I've trained him for a very long time. He's done a lot of knife fighting with me, jujitsu, striking, all that stuff. But one of the big things that he said was every time you have a choice to make in life, think about what you can't live without and go back. Mm-hmm. So think about what you stand to lose and then go back from there. Yeah. And that was one of the huge guidance towards not only my career, but my personal life as well yeah. was what is the result you cannot live with whatsoever and then go back from there. And that's one of the results. I don't know what I'd do if I lost a little man, you know yeah. I mean? You don't realize what you have until you have him. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing I can say. Whenever my wife was pregnant, it still kind of felt like a, eh, you know, whatever, this is going to be cool thing. Whenever you're holding him, feeding him, taking care of him, providing for him, all of that stuff, you realize the connection you really have to him. Yeah, man. You know, he's his own person, but he's also a part of me. And that's one result that I could not live with or live without. Yeah. So everything moves back from there. We're in public. I know exactly where he is every single time. And I know, you know, everybody says that when they're a new parent, but then they get laxed on their laurels. No, you don't have to worry about that. That's going to be one thing. If my eyes aren't on him, my hands are on him. Yeah. I, I am more than happy to buy one of those little baby leashes so I can just rip his butt right back to me. People oh, start getting too close. I mean, that's me and a couple of my friends or close friends talk about that all the time, how <clears throat> things are so much different with our kids now than it was when we were kids. Like, yeah. you don't have the sleepovers at friends' houses like you used to, like mm-hmm. we did, yeah. because you just don't know who's who don't anymore. People are, you yeah. don't know if they're parents of pedophile or whatever, yeah. you know, not that every parent's a pedophile, or, yeah. but you don't know anymore and it's just gotten so crazy and you don't know if that person that they're staying with thinks like we do yeah are they do they even care or are they are they aware or do they just go up and show up and let them get run around yeah. in the mall no that's like so that's another thing me and sarah have talked about is if raylan wants to stay with anybody overnight we're doing some recon yeah absolutely. Like, okay buddy well we're gonna go eat dinner with the family and you can take like you and him can play while yeah. we're kind of checking out the parents, seeing yeah. what's going on with that whole situation. We see anything creepy or, you know, any type of aggression issues, any type of anything. Like, cool. That's not happening. I mean, there's only, two, no. there's only two families that our son has ever spent the night with. And I think he's might, he may have slept over maybe three or four times in his 13 years. But I knew right then that with my kid, they'd take a bullet for my kid and yeah. their kid. Yeah. But they'd give back about 50. So, yeah. I didn't have to worry about it, oh, yeah. you know, and they were, they weren't the kind that were going to go really anywhere anyway. They were kind of homebodies like us. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hang around the house and I order some pizza or something. Yeah. That's about it. Um, but you know, we were kids. We still, I mean, I stayed over, I don't know. You, you get a baseball practice. Oh, I made a new friend. Oh, well, he wants to have a sleepover this weekend. You'd go, you know, it just, thing. I mean, I know that whole saying things were so much different. They probably really weren't. It just wasn't on social media. Yeah. I think that's the big, that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're exposed uh, to news from all over the world, yeah, not just from this yeah. county. You and know? so we are more aware of what's going on in the world than yeah. we were then. We were in our little bubble back then. Oh, I live in mm-hmm. Burke County. We live in Ashe County, and we, you know, we have these friends, and this is who we hang out with, and this is who we play baseball with, and we get all their houses and do all these things, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but there were still crazy people running around. Yeah, I'm sure there were, but, you know, back where I grew up at Vail, it seems like they're stuck in a different time anyways. That's why we were. You know, yeah, same thing with you. You grew up in the backwoods, too, yeah, yeah. so, like, you already knew who the creepy people were. There was yeah. nobody hiding yeah. anything back Your parents then. definitely knew who the creepy people yeah. were, because they either went to high school with them, or, you know, and they're like, yes, they're clear of that you grew guy. up with them their entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I went to high school with him. He's pretty, he's pretty pretty weird so we're gonna steer clear of that guy yeah um but yeah it's i mean it's a lot different now and and yeah oh yeah all right well i think that about sums it up you know we could go on and on about it oh dude it's a huge subject i mean we didn't even get into talk about like uh kids and fights and and oh yeah like bullying and school and stuff we'll have to do this again because we also got 
eh, we don't want to go into the nutritional side of things. Yeah. Child safety as far as like eating habits and stuff. Yeah, it'd be a different one. I need to get Beaver yeah. in here to talk about kids and self defense. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we can save the uh, whole, you know, your kid hits my kid. I told my kid to knock him out. We can talk about that discussion on there as well. Yeah. Be good. Because, you know, I mean, it'd be hilarious to have dad or a uh, Beber on dad podcast too. Yeah. Because he does not like children. But the funny part is, you see him teaching the kids' them. class. He's yeah. awesome. With yeah, like, he doesn't want any of his own, but he enjoys training else's. other kids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I'm so like, I always straddle the fence on that whole on that whole issue because until you actually hit somebody, you do not understand the emotions and the emotional connection you have with that act. Well, sometimes. I mean, well, it's not only that, but um, like we'll go into yeah, we'll go into that later on. We'll have Beber on yeah, here. I think and we'll that's go, a huge, huge yeah, because I mean, I've got um, you know, I've got some stories about that as well, and when it is a good idea, when it isn't a good idea, yeah. but basically, you know, have your kids stand up for themselves. Yeah, whatever extent that means, go from there. But of course, right. that's going to be a private thing Absolutely. too. You know, I mean, that's going to be between you and your child, and you yeah. and your family, and of course, with their um, school instructors and all that stuff too. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely have Beber on here to talk about like some of the stuff that he's learned from yeah. the kids' class that he can kind of add some insight to. Right. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yep. All right. So basically, what's primary? Primary is always going to be the kid. Yeah. If the kid's anywhere, me and Sarah are there. Raylan's primary. I'm secondary. She's secondary. The dog's third. Like, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Zoe can take care of herself. Oh, yeah. You know? But yeah, what is primary? Um, environmental dangers you know lock your guns up it's not complicated yeah this or this gun accidental discharges are a terrible thing that should never happen every every gun is loaded every gun is dangerous keep that mindset Mm -hmm. which whenever you talk about self-defense and tactical shooting it's every gun is empty and no guns are live so you kind of have to Mm teeter-totter on what situation you're in as to what your safety protocol is yeah it depends on which gun we're talking about (laughs) well i mean like anytime you're in a tactical situation especially self-defense wise you take a gun from somebody you always assume it's empty you never assume it's loaded yeah all right but that's gonna be it for today thank you very much and we will talk with you next week bye later